Everybody doing okay today? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, yeah. I told Efren and Katie, uh, they put that on their Facebook, you know, we're hoping for a white Christmas. I said, you might not get that, but you'll get a white Valentine's Day, so it's all good. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter uh, 12 today, if you want to go ahead and turn to that. Let me tell you a quick story. When I was in sixth grade, um, I had a great, great teacher, great sixth grade teacher. Loved, loved, loved his class. He was just an amazing guy. Still know his phone number, um, which is incredible, but he wrote it up on the board every day. If you have any issues going on in your life, here's my phone number. And uh, that was cool. Um, I called him once later. This is not in the script. They're all going, what are you doing? Um, I called him once, and I said, hey, Mr. Fruth, thanks a lot. You're just an awesome teacher, and it was a cool thing. So anyway, um, we went out to a place called Sub Aquatics uh, near Pataskala. And uh, Mr. Fruth took coins, and he, he threw them in the 16-foot-deep dive tank. And he said, you know, dive down. If you, if you can grab something, you can keep it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was before I had issues with nasal problems and all that kind of stuff. And uh, dove down and got some coins. It was great. Loved it. It was so cool. Um, teachers today probably couldn't do that, you know, probably be some kind of rule or something and probably should be some kind of rule. I don't know. Um, but just in a general sense, I'm one of those people that likes being underwater. You know, I just think it's neat. I love that feeling. The breathing thing's a little tricky, but, um, I love being underwater. My wife literally bought me a snorkel recently. She was like, here, you can have that. And I was like, yeah. So, uh, I like being underwater. Some of you totally relate to that. You're like, yeah, it's like peaceful and it's amazing and, you know, and some of you are like, I hate being underwater. It's the worst thing ever. See, you can divide people into two groups. Those who like being underwater and those who don't. That's the way you should divide the world. There are a lot of other ways you can divide people into two groups. There are two kinds of people, right? Two kinds of people. Um, there are those who like to go to Skyline Chili and those who don't. I hope the clapping was for the going to and not the not going to. There are those who know how to put the toilet paper on the right way, and those of you who don't. If you want to know the official way, you can come and talk to me later. There are those people who will also think it's worth arguing about how to put the toilet paper on the right way, and those who don't. So you can divide the world into two groups in a lot of different ways. The Bible divides the world into groups sometimes, into two groups. And we're going to see that today um, as part of the teaching that Jesus has. But today's teaching is, is two well-known passages that uh, are both fairly long. The second one is really long. Um, and we're going to cover a lot of material, so we're going to be cruising along. But we're not going to be just going on the surface. We're going to dig down. We're going to dive deep. So we're looking forward to that. Um, Luke chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 1. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on each other, Jesus began to teach first to his, speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. What you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after the killing of the body, has power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. People, including the thousands of people who were gathered there 
around Jesus that day can be divided into two groups. Those who truly follow God and those who don't. In that group of people who don't follow God really authentically is a group of people that Jesus kind of calls out. The people who pretend that they're following God, but really aren't. And Jesus calls them hypocrites. And that word, as we've talked about before, that word comes from the Greek word, which literally means to put on a mask, to be an actor, to play a part, but not to really be that person in reality. Hypocrites know they're pretending. They just hope no one else finds out. I should say, we hope no one finds out, right? Because truthfully, we've all been there at some point. Some of you are there right now. If your life is really nothing more than a shallow masquerade, it's really good to recognize that. But it's also good to allow God to change that. And here's how that starts. By taking the mask off. Now I know this is only our family, but maybe you've heard of things like this before. Sunday mornings at times can be a little tricky as we try to get ready for worship. I know you've never been there. Even when it's just Teresa and I in the house, you know, the kids are away at college, we're gone and married and all that stuff, and we still sometimes have things like this. You know, we, we struggle. We, we struggle to get out of bed because we stayed up too late. Her watching the Steelers, me watching the Bengals. <sighs> we get up in the morning, and we, we go downstairs, and we think, how in the world are we going to get the house clean in time for life group tonight? And we notice that the cat puked again. And the chili was left out. The crock pot of chili that we made is left out. Ah, it's ruined. Why didn't you put that away? Why didn't you put that away? What do you mean my clothes don't match? Why didn't you tell me that last night? Why didn't you ask me that last night? And we get into the car, and we turn on some Christian music, and listen to some worship music on the way. That's the same song you heard 85 times already. Ugh. And it's John Tesh. Why is John Tesh always talking? And, and why do they have so many commercials? Ugh. And... 99% of the time we park not in our church parking lot but across the street to make room for people so they can park in our church parking lot. And sometimes I drop Teresa off and I hope she appreciates what a great servant I am. I drive across the parking lot and park in the parking lot over there and I walk across the street. I don't have a hat on. I don't have any hair. And I'm cold. And walk all the way across the parking lot. And I open the door. And I say, hey, how are you? <laughs> so great to see you. And I give people a hug. And those other people do the same exact thing. Can we just drop the masks? I mean, seriously. We're not fooling ourselves. 
We're not fooling God. It's rare that we're fooling other people. We should be able to be real with Christians more than anyone. Because we know we're not perfect. We know we need Jesus. That's the whole point. Let's be honest. Let's admit our weaknesses and share them. Allow a Christian brother or sister to pull the curtain back. Stop focusing so much on the outward appearance. Start focusing on the inward appearance, on the heart. Drop the mask. Remember, God knows what we're hiding anyway. What we're watching. What we're saying. What we're thinking. And yet we're more afraid of people who can't even see the inside of us and whose ability to hurt us, cause us damage, is temporary. And God who can see both the outside and the inside and whose holiness demands perfection and for sin that has never been covered by the blood of Jesus, unrepentant sin, for people who have never surrendered to Jesus to spend eternity separate from God in hell. We fear people more than we fear that possible destination. And Jesus challenges us to focus on what's important and what's real. And right before this, Jesus is talking about the Pharisees, to the Pharisees. And he says, you know what? They focus on cleaning up what's on the outside. They don't even worry about what's on the inside. I don't know if you can see it very well, but there's one dirty cup and one clean cup. Which one would you want to drink out of? Which one would you want to drink out of? It's the inside that counts. Don't misunderstand. It's best to be clean on the inside and the outside. But Jesus calls out. Jesus reprimands the actors, the pretenders, the mask wearers, the hypocrites. Drop the mask. Admit that we need to be clean from the inside out. All of us. See, when it comes to this issue, there are not two groups of people. There's only one. Romans 3.23 says, Everyone has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. This is not good news. We should not ignore it. This is weighty. This is terrible. This is frightening. Jesus says you should fear this potential outcome. But, but 
God is willing to change death into life at his own cost. Listen again to Romans 3.23 and what follows it? Verse 24. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24. And are justified freely through the grace of Jesus and the redemption that comes through him. See, the picture is that we've all sinned and none of us can fix it. And so our loving, ridiculously generous God enters that picture. And really here in Luke, Jesus is giving us that same message. First he tells people, stop the hypocrisy. Drop the mask. If you don't, you need to be in fear for your soul. And then he continues, and it's really like the contrast between Romans 3.23 and 24. Verse 6, continuing on, Jesus says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Jesus is saying, don't you get it? He knows we're not perfect. He knows we've got junk in our lives. He knows we're sinful. Why do you think he came here? He knows all that stuff, and he still came, and he still died for us, and he died for us because to him, you are worth it. Yes, God does care about the birds. He absolutely does. Implication, we should too. But he cares about you even more. Implication, we should too. Romans 5.8 says, God cares about us so much. He loves us so much that he demonstrated it by sending his only son, Jesus, while we were still sinners. And Jesus died for us. So we need to go beyond this superficial charade. Dive deep. Drop the mask. Jesus says, I want to help you with that. Because I hate what the outwardly focused, superficial, hypocritical life does to you. And to your relationship with each other. And to your relationship with me. Jesus says, I hate that but I love you even more. So let's not celebrate sin as the world just really seems to be doing today. But let's also not pretend that we have none of our own. The stuff we can see, the outward stuff, that's the wrong focus. We need to focus on what's inside and allow God to change us in that place. Now, 
this is a little uncomfortable, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, come on. If I drop my mask, do you know how vulnerable I am? That takes away my perceived control. My facade is ruined. And my facade is really nice because I've been working on it a long time. can't prove it, but it seems like a guy that was there that day listening to Jesus, he might have thought something like that. Or maybe he was just tired of all this spiritual talk. He wanted to talk about the stuff that was tangible, the stuff he could touch, the here and now stuff in his brain. And he wanted Jesus to join his side of the argument, an argument that he was having with his brother. We've never done that, have we? <laughs> have an argument with somebody and said, do you know what Jesus says? And find a point that makes our point. Well, let's go to verse 13 and continue on with our story. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Well, understand this man's request makes a lot of sense. Rabbis, teachers, very often were the arbiters, the people who would come in and help settle a dispute, among others, about the law. But Jesus, though he has every right to do so, will have absolutely nothing to do with that. It's as if he's saying... I came to bring people to God, not to bring stuff to people. And then he goes on and he talks about that. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry, worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them, but seek his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. 
Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus gives a powerful illustration. He says when we focus on what's ultimately important, God will provide everything else. And God will give us the right perspective on everything else. In a very real way, Jesus is simply restating what he had already told them. To focus on inward things, eternal things, not external things that are temporary. Now please hear this. Wealth is not wrong. It's only dangerous. Remember when Jesus, last week we looked at what Jesus said to, to, to teach us to pray, and he said, give us the bread that we need for today. In other words, give us enough. The problem isn't wealth. It's what Jesus said. It's greed. And this guy defines greed both by his words and by his planned actions. He says, my crops, my barns, my grain, my goods, myself. He has way more than enough, but he does not even consider sharing with others. Instead, he's making outrageous, selfish retirement plans. Well, retirement comes much sooner than he expects, and it's permanent. Later that night, as that man is dying, what do you think he's longing for? More crops, bigger barns, more goods, more wealth? Honestly, most of us are wealthy by any reasonable worldwide standard. And that gives us an incredible opportunity. The more we have, the more we can give. Romans 12 lists some of the gifts that God pours out onto his people, into his people as well. And one of those is the ability to give. Listen to this. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If it is contributing to the needs of others, give generously. We've been blessed to bless others, not to hoard for ourselves. And it's such an incredible blessing to give, isn't it? You know it is. And it's so great to, to give in God's name. And it's so great to give generously as God gives. It's wonderful. You're, you're blessed to be a blessing stories. We're, we're fantastic. And we don't have time to, to go through all of them. But they've been very encouraging. And it's so nice, so wonderful to be part of a body that makes an impact on the world. And you did that this past Christmas by your giving, by your sharing. And you do that every day. As you give generously to the church, your, your gifts go beyond this building. They go out into the world every day. So how do we look at the blessings that God has given us? Do we hold them tightly with a clenched fist? Or do we let them rest on an open hand? 
obviously this issue is one of perspective. It's also one of spiritual maturity and discipleship and trust. How much faith do we have? How deep are we going to dive? When we choose to dive, God is the air in our lungs. He is the suit that protects us. He is the voice that calls us to go deeper. And in some way that we cannot explain, the deeper we dive, the higher we rise. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Do not be a slave to wealth. And do not be a slave to debt. Follow God's incredible amount of teaching found right here in this book. He talks about our material possessions, our wealth, our hearts, and our attitudes toward those things almost more than anything. Another way that we can really focus on that, it's going to be hard for you to do that this morning, right now, because there's a class that's taking place right now that is exactly about this. So I would encourage all of you to be here at 9 o'clock next week for worship, and then come and go to Brian Cooper's class that is focused on this issue. Let me also, I think the Holy Spirit really wants to press this into our lives. Divorce exacts an incredibly high cost. There's a, a relational cost. There's an emotional cost. There's a spiritual cost, and there's a financial cost. We need to protect our marriages. All of us, God wants us to focus on the more important things, the eternal things. And when we do, he provides. And our lives are so much better. And our testimony is greater. And God's reputation is greatly enhanced. So go beyond, go beyond the superficial. Drop the burden. Dive deep. Don't focus on what you can see. Outward appearance, crops, barns, birds, cars, houses, food, clothes, stuff. Thieves, moths, rust, and or death are going to take them from you anyway. Instead, focus on what you can't see. The inner appearance. Faith. God's kingdom. Heavenly treasure. Nothing can take those away from you. Drop the burden. Drop the mask. When we're willing to do that, when we drop our masks and our burdens... Our hearts and hands are free to embrace real life. This is authentic. This is what really matters. This is real. This is hopeful. This is what really matters. This is life. Real life. Now here's the truth. This is not easy. We need each other in this process. And even more, we need, we must have God. He's our only hope. We need God's strength to help us 
drop our mask. We need God's power to help us drop our burdens. We especially need God for our greatest need, our greatest mask, or our greatest burden. As we saw in Romans 6, we need God to fix our problem with sin. Romans 3, we need God to fix our problem with sin. Unfortunately, not everyone recognizes their situation. Not everyone admits their need for Jesus. That's because there are two kinds of people. Those who confess Jesus and those who don't. Return to chapter 12 of Luke and jump back to verse 8. Again, this is Jesus speaking. I tell you, whoever acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before men will be disowned before the angels of God. There are only two kinds of people. Those who embrace Jesus and live forever. and Those who rely on themselves and die forever. Jesus gave his life for both kinds of people. Jesus loves both kinds of people. And if you're one of the people who has never embraced Jesus, you can move from one group to the other today. You can say, you know, Lord, I do need you. I can't do this on my own. I need to drop the mask. I need to drop this burden. I need to give my sin to you and have the blood of Jesus cover me to confess you before people and say, yeah, I need Jesus too. To turn away from the way you've been going. To be baptized. To walk with Jesus in a new way. You can do that today. It's really not complicated. All of us need to drop our mask, to drop our burden. We need to embrace real life and embrace Jesus. Let's stand.